Warriors. West Coast. West Coast. Whoa. Western Conference Finals. I'm going to start today's show off, though, with, uh, with, um, uh, um, oh my God. Updating the polls. Have you ever seen BoJack Horseman? 50% of the audience said yes. That means that 50% of the audience said no, for those of you who aren't good at math out there. Have you ever seen Benchwarmers? 69% of the audience said yes. <laughs> 69. Great I was going to say, I'm okay with that just for the fact that that movie somehow ended up at 69. So once again, Julio, you are wrong. You owe me an apology. And I want to hear it now on the podcast. You can't kiss my butt. No. Wow. Rude. I don't know. How many people voted on each one? Um, it's about, let's see, 20 or 30. Um, I have a screenshot of it. So 29 and 24. So around 25. Let's, let's average that 25. Suck it. Dude, man, recount. Dude, just admit, admit when you're wrong. Don't be Trump. Just admit when you're wrong. <laughs> God, no. All right. Anyways, welcome to this week's edition of the Town Tailgate. That man over there drinking his nice coffee mug. That is Chris Magical. I'm it's just water. Now, so. It's just water. Something cool in it. Yeah, same. We're doing this is a water pod tonight. Well, Chris, um, the Reds just continue to make some batshit crazy history. <laughs> uh, there is a yeah. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, what is going on in Boston? A uh, lot of turmoil going on in A's news. We have our first full week of Luis Berea in the bigs. Uh, as a consistent player and looks pretty solid. Tony Kemp made possibly the play of the season. And of course, the return of the king, the rally possum, is back in Oakland. And plus, our main segment, we're joined by our good friend, Mr. John Fish. He is the host of Super Halo Bros and now host of Lockdown Angels. Uh, he's going to be in here talking about the Angel season as we're going to be playing the team here in Anaheim this coming weekend. It's like three weeks in but, a row, right? Yeah, Phil's. Because uh, this week, dude, yeah, next week, weekends. and then, but I think, don't we, don't we, they come back? I could be wrong after that. No, that's the uh, Rangers. The Rangers. Oh, okay, weekend. my bad, my bad. That's right. Well, again, we talked about this, what, a week or two ago? How? The Reds. Weird this season's been for the A's. The Reds are so bad. How hard it's been to root for. They're so could bad. be worse. Yeah, Julio, you Sick. said it best. They could, it could be worse. And uh, you said that to lighten the mood last week, but it could not be further from the truth this week. The Cincinnati Reds became the sixth team in Major League Baseball history to not allow a hit and still lose the game. <laughs> this is the first time since 2008 when the Angels no hit the Dodgers and they still lost. Which is really a bummer. Hunter Green, who is the top prospect in the farm for the Reds. Uh, a lot of hype amongst Reds fans that uh, he got called up. He's going to be in the rotation to start the season. Pitched literally an actual no-hitter. And it didn't matter because they still lost. Uh, the, ran, the run came from uh, three walks to low the bases. And then a 
a fielder's choice to short, I believe, or something like that. So, good lord. So I have I have two two major thoughts on this. So okay, one two, one is a question to you. How do you? Th- I mean, history will forever remember this as the no hitter that lost, though, right? So it's like if you're if you're this pitcher and you're you're not gonna go around and be like, yeah, I have a no hitter because people are gonna be like, yeah, but didn't you guys lose that that game? You know what I mean? It's almost it's almost like the it's almost like like when Barkley won the MVP, but then he lost in the NBA Finals. Like it's not something he's necessarily proud of. I mean that it's like imagine just going into a bar and that being your pickup line. Yeah, the new hitter. Well, actually, yeah, seriously, like, like that, that, that sucks. If I'm, if I'm this pitcher, like, are you, are you pissed off at your, at your team? Cause they couldn't get the offense going. Yes, absolutely. Well, dude, Hunter, Hunter Green, we dude, the guy wasn't on, on the cover of Sports Illustrated in like 2017, 16 yeah. as a high schooler. He was getting so much hype. Here's my counter argument to that. You gave up okay. three walks in a row, dude. If you give up three walks in a row, you don't fucking deserve to have a no-hitter because you're putting yourself in just a no-win situation when like like a, a very low probability situation that you end up getting this no-hitter. So the only reason why you didn't get the no-hitter was because of a fielder's choice. Like like I, I mean I I mean god, three walks in a row. Like come on, dude. He threw 118 pitches, which is a season high for baseball or MLB. Do you think, think my argument? Do you like, think my argument's a fair argument though? Like three, you gave it three walks in a row in a crucial inning. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. And I think that just the odds shows were like, against you right after those three walks. It's just like okay, this, was just you're probably gonna give up a hit eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and he just ran out of the gas to really do it. I just don't know. Like, if you're a Reds fan, where do you go? Like, what? Where do you go from here? It's May. And, like, look, I understand where we can't throw stones at glass houses. The A's have, I don't know how many times already. It feels like 10 times they've only scored one run in a game. And thank God the Warriors are playing. They, you know, they're going to the Western Conference Finals because that's giving me a little optimism because right now they just, they're bad. But again, it could be worse. They have the Bengals, though, dude. They don't give two flying fucks about the Reds this year. They're on such a high from just um, from not only just going to the to the Super Bowl, which they probably shouldn't have been there in the first place, but they almost fucking won it. Like, like you know, like they don't they don't care about the Reds right now. Although I, I mean, you could argue Cincinnati's probably more of a baseball town. They're so close to Kentucky, which Kentucky. I mean, I guess Kentucky's probably a basketball state. That's probably wrong, but. When you think of Kentucky, you think of like Louisville too, where like bats are made. Anyway, country baseball, I'm putting it together. Um, but they, dude, they got the Bengals. They don't give a shit. It's like it's like the people like I I was listening to a, um, a basketball podcast talk or a Bill Simmons podcast. I was listening to him talk about it after the all the Aaron Rodgers stuff was going on, and he said he talked to a bunch of like Green Bay people and Wisconsin people that he's friends with. And they're like, hey, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers? They're like, I don't know, he's a quack, whatever. And they're like. Like, what, you're not upset about it? You Like, you're not frustrated that he's doing this? And they're like, nah, man, honestly, we're we're kind of, like, super high on the bucks right now. So, like, the Packers aren't really, like, our number one priority. And I was like, whoa, interesting. I feel like that's got to be the, the vibe in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, it's like, what, the, the Reds, it just sucks. Because, like, the Reds are historically one of the most successful baseball franchises. Yeah. Like, 
Period. I mean, yeah. And and it kind of sucks because like I think majority of our a majority of our lives the Revs have not been a good team. Whereas. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably when, when you think about a majority of like baseball history, they've been a good team too, which is crazy. It's just a blip, and I think the one thing, and it, I'm going to bring this a little more full circle in a second. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> of course, there's been so much animosity towards ownership because of, you know, how they just had this fire cell. How the son, who's a team president, um, pretty much said like, "Oh well, you know, whatever his statement was." And it pretty much is lining up to be a succession plan that the owner's 80, you know, not, not trying to wish this on anybody. Um, but like, you know, he probably doesn't have a long time left. Yeah. And his son doesn't sound like he's going to be the most, you know, committed person either. Mm -hmm. So like, that's just such a bad look for sport. It kind of brings the reason I brought that up is it bring me think about, um, I'm sure you saw that interview last week. With Jeannie Buss, she's the owner yeah. of the Lakers. Uh, her dad, Dr. Jerry Buss, he's the it wasn't main a, it, subject. It was like of a full time. piece, like like yeah. Or I mean, uh, um, Bill Plasky wrote like a fucking essay. And she's pretty much just said she's like, no, I'm never gonna sell this team because, hey, this was my dad's Legacy. thing. His is yeah. my my destiny was to kind of really take this on. At what point does does do you just realize like this isn't it because i'm sure if any other business over years and years of holding a business when you realize like yo this isn't worth it this is not working like sell off for like the teams like the reds and you can say the lakers have been a little bit of a mess as well but for the reds it's like they're trying though it can't get any it can't get any lower difference between the reds and the lakers are the lakers are trying the reds aren't just aren't they aren't doing a good job of trying yeah exactly (laughs) But like, what's gonna be? What could? This is the lowest point possible for this franchise right now. Yeah. Unless you DFA Joey Votto, and then that would be it. But like, it's crazy. It's really shitty. We hate to see this happen to any team. I think this goes back to the shit that we bitch about on this podcast all the time. Like, at what point does the league? Does do the competent owners in the league look at this and be like, wow, like these these owners, the Reds owner. The A's owner, the Rays owner are really bringing this whole league down. Like maybe we should really consider an ownership change. Like in when I was in a frat, because they say like, you know, these, these, these ownership league, these leagues and their owners, it's like a fraternity. Like they all take care of each other. When I was in a frat, like when someone fucked up, like we expelled him. Like it was simple as that. Like, I don't mean to like be like the turn on like your friends, but like if they do something stupid, like you have to like kind of hold them accountable. And it's just like, this is not good for your league. If you want to benefit for the future and try to like save you know the legacy of this great game like you have to do something i don't know one day we'll have relegation but well that'd be that'd be perfect yeah i would hold owners accountable yep all righty folks now it's time for the mediocre signing of the week mediocre signing of the week Robinson Cano signed to this Padres. Hey, Chris, did you know Robinson Cano was actually a free agent? I thought he retired, so this, you know, whatever. Yep, he was on the Mets. He played for like a week or two. He got DFA'd. He's going in now. He is playing with our buddy Bob Melvin. Cool. Yeah, pretty much. I think he's pretty much going to fill this spot until 
Uh, Tatis is coming back, which he's. It sounds like he's looking like the end of June, which Cano is great. Cano can't play short that. though. Who's playing short for them right now? Hasyon Kim. Hmm. It was C.J. Abrams, Isn't and then Kim you got having sent a great back down too. Question, but you know who's really the, the real reason I wanted to bring it's not this important up. enough. You don't have to look it up. Yeah, um, are you aware of how good Manny Machado is doing this season? No, but I'm not. Should, why would that surprise me? He's like uh, one of the leading contenders for MVP this year. Yeah, and it's just so interesting because how many people he was last to year too, wasn't he? Yeah, and like people or 2020, he was. Sorry. Mm. Um, People just love to talk a lot of shit on Manny Machado, which he's kind of has a punchable face. Yeah, like he's he doesn't have the greatest of reputation either. He has been known as being kind of like a, a diva. Um, That's what he was wearing. That on top of your face looking weird is what I meant by a punchable face. Like, yes. there's, you, you don't just like have a punchable face. Like, you don't just like look at someone, like, man, I want to punch him in the face. Like, he does things that trigger you to make him want to punch his face like it's like wow like this guy's a fucking dickhead on top of that he looks like a bitch so let me punch him in the face that being said looks aside <laughs> i think it's time you know this, he's been <laughs> jesus christ i can't even think of an actual segue to that um <laughs> that was great no but i think just wanted to highlight we were talking about the padres face. yeah it's well you're gonna get punched into the ocean by him when he sees you <laughs> Two, you got three rounds. Could you take Manny Machado? Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how big he is. Let's see how. Probably. Is. He is six three two fifteen. Six three two fifteen. Yeah, I could probably take him. All right, there you go. <laughs> well, if he doesn't win MVP, um, we'll go ahead and do that. No, I like uh, Manny Machado. This isn't cool. <laughs> anyway, um, no, that's great. That's great. But Robinson Cano, who gives a shit? Um, I mean, what what more is there to talk about? Robinson Cano going, filling a, just a random roster spot on the Padres. Exactly. As exactly. Yeah. Chris, the Boston Celtics are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, some have projected and projected them to even be the favorite, but I can tell you what the Boston Red Sox are not looking good. So that's fantastic. The Red Sox are actually the owners of the second worst record in the American league. They have blown nine saves. They are second to last in home runs. And if you kind of go look at the numbers, uh, what's going on offensively, their supporting cast has been terrible. Uh, Xander Bogarts, 346. Excellent. Rafael Devers, 322. Excellent. Like JD Martinez, 321. Excellent. Awesome. Their next hitter is Alex Verdugo hitting 205. Uh, we, uh, and I was kind of going to jump on this pod and really say, oh, it's their pitching. The pitching actually isn't doing too bad, but a lot of these guys who, you know, we were talking about how awesome Alex Verdugo was last year and how Kike was just this, this utility player extraordinaire. Uh, everybody came back to life or came, came back to earth, came back down to earth. There we go. And uh, I think the biggest disappointment, and I'm sure you love to kind of jump on this for a second 
Trevor Story. I was about to say their big their big acquisition, like one of the biggest like free agents of the offseason, they landed Trevor Story. And he's hitting 196 and has one home run and 15 RBIs. Like he's the just a massive disappointment. Did you I know we weren't super high on them this year. Like like even the last year they were just in the ALCS. So what gives, man? What the heck happened where this team who just overnight just kind of fell off the wagon from what they were last season. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, you're right, too. Their pitching looks really good, except for Pavetta. He's been pretty bad, but, like, I mean, Michael Walker before he got hurt, 1.3 ERA. Like, fuck. Ivaldi, 3.55. Rich Hill, 2.89. Like, yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sure. do you think, do you think they're going to turn it around? No, I think the division's too tough. You got the Rays and you got the Blue Jays, and obviously you have the Yankees who are the best team in baseball. So no, I mean I, this, I think this could just be a result of their division. Just it's like every team is leaps and bounds better than them. Last year was like a bit of a fluke. They you know the Blue Jays had young talent, weren't quite experienced enough to get there. Well, they're a little bit more experienced now, and they added some major pieces. They're a better team. Rays are the Rays. They're always going to be good because they always have find a way. Um, and the Yankees pitching has decided to show up this year as opposed to last year. So, no, yeah, I think it's as simple as that. Here's where things are going to start getting interesting. And it's that I believe uh, Rafael Devers is going to be a free agent in the, in the fall. I mean, they didn't pay Mookie. I can't imagine they pay the Red Sox. I don't know what's going on with John Henry, but he's mismanaging his money or his payroll. Is there the something going on? With, he's, um, he's paying Trevor he's Story, like, but then he didn't fucking re-sign Mookie. Like, it makes no sense. It's well, who's it, What team is he the um, Premier League team? Is he an owner of as well? Liverpool. Liverpool? Yeah. Liverpool spends money like uh-huh. crazy. How was his? Okay, so they spent a lot of. So I wonder yeah. if that's he's just like, hey, my real bread, bread and bread and butter is over there, but in reality, you know, got this. I don't know. Fenway Group is pretty profitable. Like that's the one that LeBron's a part of that one too, and like they have a lot of money. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really add up to me. Yeah, it's either way. We're enjoying it. Um, I kind of, I thought the Rays were gonna be the one to kind of taper off a little bit, and they have. But not to the extent the Red Sox have. Yeah. And I think that's just something we definitely got to keep an eye out for the next month because who knows? They're playing worse. Than, we're acting like the world is falling apart for the A's and everything. The Red Sox are worse. Yeah. Who would have thought? Wow. If you pay like the Yankees on the front office, you're going to... Damn it, I don't remember the line. Anyways. It says, if we try to beat the Yankees in here, we will lose to the Yankees out there. Real quick basketball thing since you brought up the Celtics. Guess who the best, guess who the number one, actually you might know this because you work for fucking FanDuel, but guess who the number one, um, what are the odds um, for, who has the best odds, not the best odds, who's the favorite to win the NBA championship next year based on betting odds? Boston? No. You'd be shocked to who it is. And it's I think it, it it's more of a a sense of never mind, I'll I'll tell you afterward. 
Alright, cool. You get, so I, hold, hold that thought. I'll tell you after you guess, yeah. A's news. Luis Barea kind of is a really put a little bit of optimism and some a jolt in this offense in a way. Not really like a it hasn't helped a ton, but I think that's something we gotta talk about for a moment. So he's a hustler, he's, bro, he's played, too. I love that. He's scrappy. He's like Ramon. In his first seven games, his eighth game was tonight. Uh we're or tonight, Monday the sixteenth, so we didn't really get a chance to get the updated stats for that. But in this first seven games, he's batting 333. He had his first career home run, which also was a walk-off home run. And four RBIs, he's gone to steal. He's walked three times. His on-base percentage is 438. I think the one thing that kind of stood out to me tonight while watching the game was he started in left, Patrick's in center, and Ramon was in right. And that was just athleticism mm-hmm. all over the place. Like speed. Decent arm strength all over the place. Um, well, how are you feeling about it, man? He looks like this is a guy where it seemed like a lot of people were ready to give up on him, and he's kind of making an impact already on this team. I've always been a big Luis Pereira fan. I, <clears throat> I've been asking, calling for him to be called up the past couple of years now. Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions with his bat, but um, I know he's like super athletic, and he's shown that in the outfield. Um, so, yeah, I mean. It, his back can't be any worse than Pache's right now. So, you know, like, why not just try him out? And and if it doesn't work out, he could be a nice fourth outfielder. Give, give yeah, those I think guys the, a day off. If, if that's your worst option as a fourth outfielder, then that you'll take that. It's kind of crazy where he's kind of done like the – we or I think we're a little like – what's the word I'm looking for? Like Frostman over these kind of guys because of, you know, Sky Bolt being so – kind of mediocre when he comes to majors but then it goes to vegas and he tears it up yeah um so it'll be kind of interesting i'm actually i've really liked what i've seen so far especially with how open these positions are in the outfield especially left field better than like, billy mckinney taking yes you are not wrong there speaking of pache i think it's, we've got to start having this conversation um Christian Pacheff, look, we're all, we all love him. He's been a dynamic in the outfield. He's been excellent. His bat is just atrocious right now. He is batting 157. Uh, he's got hit two home runs. Uh, On-base percentage is 202. Uh, this was kind of his problem when the Braves were willing to ship him out as despite him being one of the top prospects in their farm system as he couldn't figure it out. And now he's still not figuring it out in this moment where there's really no pressure on him to take his time to learn. Um, it's just not happening right now. And we've talked about this in the past where Nick Allen should be getting his reps. We've said that, hey, despite his bat being not there, just let him play every day now because he's the speed of the game. We're going to figure it out. So it's kind of hip, like hypocritical in this sense because Christian Pache is still playing every day at center field. It, even though he's, you know, he's going to be hitting at the bottom of the lineup. There's no way like Nick Allen can play any worse offensively than Christian Pache is. It's like, what's, what's the deal? Like, what is it just a hypocrisy thing? Do you think it's, I don't even know. Well, I think it's a lack of outfield talent. So you got to put someone out there and a surplus of veteran in infield talent, I guess you could say. 
because Elvis Andrews is fucking terrible too, but he's still getting playing time because he's Elvis Andrews. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I I don't know what you do with him because I don't know. I don't necessarily want to bring him down to AAA. I think that would kind of halt his confidence a little bit, and you know. Like he needs to get these major league at bats so he can learn from them. Um, I'm not sure why he's not hitting well because he's in pretty low pressure situations in his at bats. Um, it's not like they like are asking a lot out of him. Um, he's striking out a lot. Um, and he's like really missing on a lot of pitches and misjudging, which is the thing that worries me the most. He's like he's seeing a lot of strikes. And then he's swinging way too early and he's swinging way too late or swinging high and it goes low. It's just like his, it's clearly a, a mental thing and it's not there. Um, I think just we have to maybe start to accept the reality that he's probably not going to be one of the core guys. He He's probably just going to be a role player and that's fine. That's totally cool. Like sometimes you don't hit on all those and, you know, I always my philosophy on like championship caliber teams is there's like three core guys that you build around, you know, like that that really make the team and everybody else is just kind of a role player. And if they play above that role, great. Then we really have a great chance. But if not, like we just need guys to to fill certain certain roles on the team. Like, you know, this past day's team is a great example of that. Like it was Chapman, Olsen, and Simeon. And then everybody else was just kind of a role players that built around him. You know, Ramon Laureano turned out to be, like, really good player and star. So, like, that really helped us. He wasn't, like, a role guy. But the mentality with him coming up was this guy is a great defensive player. He's going to hustle out there, and he's going to – he's got a big arm. If he hits, great. If he doesn't, like, you know, he's going to fill the role that we need him to, to be a defensive presence and get on base every once in a while and be a great base runner. Like – that might just be the reality of what Pache is. And it sucks because we gave up our best player for him, but you know, that's for him being one of them. But like, that just might be the reality of what it is. And you know, we will have to find another core guy to, to build around. Could you see him at one point hitting at least 15 home runs in a season? Yeah. Okay. I th- I think can that you see him. That he, oh, uh, Eric, because I have a comp for you. Go ahead. Uh, can you see him hitting at least two seventy six at least once in a season? No. Okay. Um, could you see him getting twenty one steals in a season? Yeah. All right. He's Kevin Kiermaier. And that's totally cool. And he'll get gold gloves too. Yeah. And he'll fill that role and. I, 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 you know, I kind of see him as like a 240 hitter, 15, maybe 20 home runs in a good season. If he steals 15 or more bases, you know, the A's don't really steal bases, so it's kind of hard to predict that. But he'll be a good base runner. He hits the bottom of the order, eight or nine. Like, that's that's cool. Like, there's a lot of good young talent that we have down there that can be another piece of, of that. You know, and also we have Murph, too. But, um yeah, if if in three years he's just a role player and everyday starter who's just a great fielder, and then that's I think that that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. We, nobody's expecting him coming in to be, you know, what Starling Marte did last year. 
even though we've got there is glimpses of it in terms of defense, but mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And the last thing for the A's news, the A's are in the media again uh, because of Dan. The possums are back. <laughs> the possums. Return of the King, the possums have, around Possum Watch the Coliseum. Uh, it went viral over <laughs> a lot of different media, uh, like beat writers and all that. Dallas got a full uh, video of it. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, look, now, what are these cats doing? The cats had one job. To get rid of the possums? Yeah, late. To get rid of, actually, that'd be a pretty interesting scrapping there, scrap there. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the people are like, oh, well, there's a bunch of cat, feral cats blowing up. But hey, you know what? Uh, the mouse problem's gone down, like, but the cats haven't been able to take out the possums yet. Ah, man, that's this is embarrassing. I mean, it is. What I know it we're is. used to it, but it it's just it like, is, oh, yeah. man. I don't. I, I mean, I, I I laughed at it today when I saw it on Twitter. Wasn't surprised. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. It's just getting the. At least it's showing like the the rest of like the world how shitty the ballpark is. The, it's like they the needed to know, but it's gonna give it more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alrighty, folks, we're heading into our break, and then once we come back, we're gonna be joined by the one and only John Fersh to talk about some Angels baseball. Stick around; we'll be right back. Hulu, are you gonna open it? Or, or... Welcome you back, un- everybody. You unmute your mic. This, uh, this is our. This is the. It's already. We're two no, seconds into muted. recording this podcast, and it was it's muted. not muted. <laughs> so, John, just so you know, and the, for the listeners who didn't listen last week, this happened to Julio twice in that episode. Happened to Julio twice the episode before that. It's, yeah, it's funny. Get it together, Julio. Come on. Right. It's also a great opening for our guest. Right. <laughs> Anyways, here we are with our good friend. John, Mr. John Frisch, after spending this whole last weekend with them for a bachelor party, I was like, you know what? I wasn't enough, but we want more. Uh, That's right. Yeah. More John. So if you don't know, John's been on here a few times before. Uh, he is the host of the Super Halo Bros, which is a pod that him and his brother do for the last couple of years now, focusing on Angels baseball. But as of the beginning of this year, on top of that, uh, his brother and him are now the host of Locked on Angels. So... Uh, Welcome to the show. Right. I know you and uh, you've been shooting the shit a lot with our buddy Jason Burke, so it's like full circle now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great talking to him and uh, uh, like that guy a lot. He's awesome. What was the the conversation that we had where me? I think it was me, you, and Julio were talking in a, a group text, and then like ten minutes later, Jason tweeted it, and I was like. Yeah, you know, we were just talking to <laughs> about, we were just talking to John about this. It was about this. trading for Montas if the Angels would would for put Joe up a Adele. package That's yeah, right. Joe Adele for yeah. Montas, which man, after this weekend, uh people were saying, "Can we take can we take Frankie with us back to Anaheim?" Because <laughs> he pitched a heck of a game. It was like 12 strikeouts or something like that, 11 strikeouts. Yeah, that's that's the, yeah. the that guy, man. It's been like the last week we're like, "Wow, this this person X person's getting a great the start out there, and then uh, just can't hit. Like like today, um, you know, well the game's still going, but like Zach Lowe got a good game, but just the offense was not there. Yeah, yeah. The thing with Frankie though that I think your fans might be a little ignorant to that if they got him, 
it, he would frustrate the shit out of you because mm -hmm. he has like three great starts in a row where he looks like the best pitcher in baseball, yeah. and then he'll just have an absolute just absolutely shit the bed for one and give up like nine runs, oh, not geez. nine runs, but he'll give up like six runs, something like that, in like in two innings, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like what happened? Like he just isn't on it. He's just he's a roller coaster. He's just not consistent at all whatsoever. But when he's on, he just has the stuff like nobody's business. Yeah, we've just been trying to figure out like you know who who's gonna be the guy that the Angels if they're in contention at the deadline like who are they gonna go after and so his name's come up a lot. Um, Shane Bieber's come up a lot because mm -hmm. the Guardians spent all their money on Jose Ramirez and <laughs> probably won't keep Bieber. The thing that concerns me about him is he seems to, seems like his velocity kind of dipped in yeah. the last year. So I don't know if there's some health stuff going on there. And then Luis Castillo is always in talks, but like I want to, I want a big arm, like a win now kind of guy. Like somebody, Shane Bieber could be that. Yeah. Has Shane Bieber always been? I, I don't know enough about him specifically. Has he always been reliant on his velocity? I don't think so. It's just I think it was concerning because he got hit pretty badly. I think was it against the Phillies or I forgot who they were playing, but he got hit around really bad last yeah. week. But then he had a great outing this past week, so might have just been one of those things, but. Yeah, and then with Montas, like, uh, that's inter uh, that's a good point that you made about him kind of being a roller coaster because if he had one of those bad outings as like his first outing as an angel, like that would Angel's Twitter would be it would have a meltdown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're so sensitive about like when we <clears throat> like like on Monday, like we lost the game against the Rangers and everyone's panicking. Like it's it's one game, like <laughs> like it's the Rangers. Yeah. Like we. Last time we lost to them was the first game of the last series, and then we've we've gone like twenty two and eight since then. So it's just been a wild ride since that last series with them. But uh, yeah, I think they would have a meltdown if Frankie ever had a bad outing with us. Like we gave up oh, yeah. what for Frankie? And then... <laughs> the thing is, he would need a team like you guys, like right off the deadline to play and like really just throw out his stuff and yeah. like a team that he dominates which he does he dominates you guys yeah, on, like regularly <laughs> so it's like it's like he would need a team like that and then like it would show the fan base like oh damn like this is pretty good and then the next start he could shit the bed but because that first one's so good like it, it would it would it would completely just mold your opinion you know who, sorry Leo, you were gonna say you something. know who would be a hypothetical trade uh mad bum oh interesting yeah hmm I don't know. What's he looking do you think like he, these days? Do you think he He's would want to come um, come back to California? I don't know. I mean, Orange County. Come on, that guy would fit. <laughs> but right in. but but Orange County, in terms of yeah, his political views probably right. would fit. But like in terms of like what his recreational life is like which i think was a pretty deciding factor on the reason why he went to arizona mm. he could buy up all this fucking desert land and just ride his dirt bike all over the place in the off season like he couldn't do that in san francisco he was always having to go back home to i think it was georgia he's from or something like that during the off season like he doesn't which to do is that total bs because there's so much how many people do we know growing up who are dirt bikers like oh yeah i mean like, yeah that's you could, totally yeah. whack on his behalf yeah you could totally go to like Modesto and get a place like. Anyways, that. Anyways, we're here <laughs> on the Mad Bum uh, Personal Life Podcast, where we're going to be talking about his dating life next. No, but uh, so for the yeah. season, um, it, for the season, he's got a one point seven eight ERA. He's made seven Good starts, grief. so he's yeah, and that, uh, he's probably he's killing it. Yeah, he's doing really well. Uh, the D backs are above five hundred now, but I could, uh, I think we all can see them just kind of falling off. So. Yeah, yeah. Heck, that could be a pretty good opportunity. I think he would actually fit him pretty well there. And the only thing is, is 
again, he's kind of an asshole and just always has a stick up his butt. And the <laughs> Angels, at least, I think that's the biggest thing I've been seeing a lot from this team this season, which I think might be different from the last few years. They seem to be having more fun. Like, yeah. you've seen yeah. the cowboy hat, the home run cowboy hat that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just kind of having, like, Otani really being, like, comfortable in his space now, which is yeah. something that it's taken But a few he's years. always been fun, though, I feel but like. But now, but, like, now that he's... It's been, been Trout that's had a stick up his ass all the time, it feels like. No, Trout's always been, like, he usually gets along with everybody really well. Um what I think but he's not. He doesn't. He's not as playful. It feels like he's playful in dugout now. Where like in the past, it never true. seemed like he was like that. He's like cordial and he's friends with people. And but now he's like fucking around in there. You know, you know what, what I mean? Think like a big part of that is is Trout has always kind of let the veterans in the locker room be the leaders, and now he's the leader because Pujols yeah. is gone, Upton's gone, all those guys that came before him are are gone. So it's finally Trout's locker room. I think in a lot of ways. Uh, somebody from Angels Radio was saying, like, yeah, it feels different in the locker room because it feels like this is Trout's team. And so hopefully that this excitement that they're having and the fun that they're having is kind of an extension of of him being a locker room leader now, which I, I've thought for years he should be the one kind of in charge of that locker room because he's the face of our franchise in terms of the, the guy who was loyal and signed the long deal. And now that, again, like Pools is gone and Upton's gone, those guys... I think he's kind of stepping into that role, which is good to see. Long time coming. As long as he doesn't step into like their, you know, downfalls. Knock on wood here. <laughs> so there's there's been a lot of surprises this season with the Angels. Mm-hmm. What would you say is? And I think I know what you're gonna say. What would you say is probably the player been like? Where the hell did this come from? <laughs> and we all, I think I know what you're gonna say, but let's see what. Yeah. It's got to be Taylor Ward, man. Mm -hmm. He was our number one pick in 2015, and they drafted him as a catcher. Then they tried him at third base. Then they tried him at the outfield. There was talk of bringing him back to catcher last season. So, uh, what did he get drafted as? uh, As a catcher, which was a which was a Jerry Depoto move, I think. I don't think Billy Epler was there yet. He drafted like two catchers in a row. It was weird, but he picked him number one, and now the guy is 28, I think. And just finally figuring it out. And I think it all has to do with the fact that he's not moving around anymore. He's got his spot in the right in right field. And also, I think Joe Madden was talking about him in spring training and just saying, like, yeah, he's my guy. And Joe Madden seems to, like, pick a guy on, on his team, like, that he just kind of zeroes in, zero in on and says, like, yeah, that's the guy I want to roll with. Um, and I felt like, you know, that was – Chris Bryant or like Javi Baez or like back in the day. And, um, and with Ward, I think now that he's not moving positions all the time, he's finally got his spot and then they let go of Upton so that he could play every day. So I wonder if there's kind of a mental idea of just like, okay, like they got rid of that guy so I could be in the lineup. And so now I'm here to show up and show out and prove everybody that they made the right move. So yeah, he's been a huge surprise for this team. Yeah, Angel Stadium is a pretty be in this position. 
Angel Stadium is pretty middle of the park too in terms of uh, hitters and pitcher ballpark, though, right? Yeah, it used to be very pitcher friendly, but I'm not sure what changed. Maybe it was when they lowered the right field wall for what counts as a home run because the wall stayed yeah. the same. They just added a a yellow line, but it it became a lot more hitter friendly in recent years. But I'd say it's pretty much in the middle, like you said. Yeah. Now, who'd you say is your biggest disappointment? Biggest disappointment. Um, I gotta say, probably Fletcher. I know he's hurt right now. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not Rendon, huh? No, I think Rendon. He'll still come around. Um, I'm you're paying him. him like hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> so this come around bullshit. I mean, I, I would be pissed if I've I been, were you. I've been through all this before with Pujols the last ten years. I so know, and shouldn't it? Sh- I'm, and, and 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 Josh Josh Hamilton yeah. and like. I mean, like, the list goes on. So, if anything, I would think that that would stress me out more about these big contracts. I honestly think that just with – because in 2020, he was top 10 in MVP voting. I know it was a short season. And then last year, apparently, he had the, the hip problems. And then, mm-hmm. Julio, you mentioned just how much Chapman struggled to come back from, from hip surgery. So, I think that's kind of a concern on the back of my mind regarding Rendon. But, man, he I, he's like the ultimate, like – victim of the dead ball this season because everything he hits out he hits hard and then it falls at the warning track <laughs> it's like mm. he doesn't get out so i mean and then he's patient like he's seeing the ball well and everything like i know the numbers don't reflect it but i just feel like uh every at bat you don't feel like oh great automatic out like when he comes up to the plate and then you know I, his defense is super solid i know we're not paying him that much money to play defense but at the same time i i still feel like i'm not i'm not out on rendon yet there there's other guys to get out on first before Rendon, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and just from watching the weekend series from when they were up in Oakland, yeah, it really seemed like um, he hit like 50 doubles. I don't like, it seemed like every guy, I'm like, this fucking guy. And I was like, oh, Tony, every time I was like, Tony two bags. Tony, Tony two bags. bags. Yeah. Uh, he's by the way, back to that. He's been hitting a lot of doubles. He's just lost 3 1 final. All right. Who they play? The twins. twins. Freaking twins. They're first in the central, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They finally have a healthy yeah. Buxton. <laughs> For now. For now. We'll see. For now, yeah. yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that stuff. Yeah, we actually had a yeah. conversation. Oh, sorry. Uh, we were talking last week about how what, what like we were like, okay, the Angels are doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. What's going to make us take them serious? So... For your yeah, yeah so someone who's a fan who, who's kind of seen this same old song and dance before, like, what do you think is different this time around? Yeah, I think if we are still fighting for first place in in like mid June, then it's like okay, like let's take them seriously. Like the rest of the league can take them seriously. And what's funny is like, you guys know me. I've always been a positive fan and always hope for the best. But like in the past, when we've had hope, we think about like. One year we had hope. We had Danny Espinosa playing second base. <laughs> like we had Yunel Escobar at third base, and and our opening day starter last year was Dylan Bundy. You know, and and just so it's like, I'm always optimistic and hopeful, but like that always bites me in the butt. And this is a team where it's like, oh wait, we've got, you know, proven starter in Otani this season. Like he actually has gone out and shown that he can pitch a full year and do, and do both. Um, I know Syndergaard kind of crapped the bed on on Monday, but 
uh, so far, he's been really doing really well. He's not throwing as hard, but I think it's actually contributing to his pitch mix a lot better. It's not so much that he's a flamethrower. He's using his other pitches really well with his fastball. And then Patrick Sandoval's been a great guy since he's come up. I've always been a big fan of him. And uh, and then freaking Reed Detmer's getting a no-hitter. Like, I didn't see that coming. I've always, like, rooted for him. But uh, that was that was really awesome to see. And so... And then a healthy Trout, a healthy Otani, Rendon, Jared Walsh. Um, I know we don't have a hitting shortstop, but freaking Andrew Velasquez has been doing like Andrelton Simmons kinds of plays there at shortstop this season. And then Tyler Wade's been a nice surprise. And uh, yeah, and then of course Taylor Ward, like again, I wouldn't have seen that coming this season, but it is really positive and really awesome that, oh, this is a team I can have hope in and, and not like fake myself out or like talk myself into it. I'm like, Oh no, this is, this is a good team. It, one thing that Julio and I were laughing about was I picked up Taylor Ward in fantasy before anyone else, because <laughs> I saw it happening because <laughs> I'm watching every game. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. I got to get this guy before the rest of our league get, gets him. So God damn yeah, it. man, I think, I think that this is a, this is a, a good year for us. And, um, barring any like serious injuries, like we can't lose trout again for the whole season. And, I think that he's taken much better care of himself. They're giving him a few more days off so far this season. Um, I'd expect that he plays 145, 150 games rather than trying to play all 162. I mean, he's already passed playing all 162, but I mean, he's a guy that would go out there every single day and play center field. And he's already DH'd one or two games and he's already had like one or two days off. So trying to be really careful with these guys and not push them so hard at the beginning of the season. But again, I think middle of June, if we're if we're still fighting for that first place spot, I think that's that's kind of about the time that you start to see the teams that pull ahead and the ones that kind of fall behind. So hopefully we don't fall behind in June like we have in years past. You see that, yeah. Chris? We got a I month would... to get our shit together. <laughs> get it together, guys! I keep no, joking. Bro. I keep joking with Julio. I'm like, the A's will find a way. They always find a way. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen this Not year. Not this time. Keep, if they keep doing putting up one run games. Um, I would look out for a, a coming out party for Detmer after that that no hitter. It reminded me a lot of the Shamanaya no hitter in 2018. Yeah, um, we were kind of like in the mix. We weren't in first place, but we were like you know an above barely above 500 team that year. Obviously, we didn't get much publicity because of we're in the same division as the Astros, who had just won the World Series. Right. And um, but he throws that no hitter, and all of a sudden it's like Ace fans are like, oh, something interesting is going on here, mm. like. And then you look, you kind of like look at the stats and you're like, wow, Jed Lowry's like having an all-star season. And it's like, oh, Marcus Simeon's having like a borderline all-star season. He's yeah. to- totally turned around his glove. And, you know, Matt Olson's having a great year. And Matt Chapman should be an all-star, even though he didn't become one that year. And you, you kind of look at the team and you're like, what the fuck? And then you August comes around and it's like, oh, shit, they're like, they're going to win. How many games did they win that year, Julio? 99, they won like 97, like, 98. Yeah, because fucking yeah, Astros. Yeah. God. <laughs> that was that was the year of the that was the year of uh I remember like the big storyline going in the playoffs was the the AL super teams there was four super teams like which one which AL super team is going to get out of the American League mm-hmm. it was going to be a dogfight between like us the Yankees because the Yankees had a hundred wins and they were a wild card team too and uh, uh the Astros and 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 uh, I think it was the Red Sox and yeah that's you know anyway but um. Yeah, I, I would look out for that to be a sign. Um, but um, that question, that being said, 
if you had to start a playoff series right now, what would be your rotation like lineup? Out of out of who we got now, I think you got to roll with some combination of Otani. Like who's starting game one? Who's starting oh, game yeah. two? Who's starting yeah. game three? Who's starting game four? I think I think I would start Otani game one. I would let him do that, and then probably Syndergaard second. Uh, I probably would roll with Sandoval third. Why is then, that? And then Detmer's fourth. Consistency. Yeah, yeah, I think you you can rely on him a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the the well, I, I guess I'm forgetting about Michael Lorenzen. I want to see I want to see a full season of Lorenzen before I put him in a a playoff spot. But those four, I think I would totally count on. But I also think that's why the Angels want to add or would want to add another arm by the deadline because if you could have Otani, Thor, and another win now arm, like you can take three of those games pretty easily, especially with the offense. So, but yeah, if I had to go with the, who's there now, I would say Otani one, Syndergaard two, Sandoval three and Detmers four. Hmm. I could see that rookie coming in and pitching a fourth slot. That'd be interesting. We've already seen this story before, Chris. (laughs) Pitching a fourth slot. Well, actually no, I was thinking more like Sonny Gray, but that he was like in the third. Um, no, I think he was the second that year, didn't he? Wasn't it okay. Bartolone and he pitched game two? That's right. Yes, you're right. My bad. And that was when he went toe to toe at Verlander, um, and they won a one zero game, bottom Dang. of the ninth walk off. I was in that you game. You were there, right? That That's game. awesome. That was like Sunny Gray's coming out party. It was like it was like what the fuck? This rookie is just going toe to toe with Verlander. Like who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? I love those kind um, of games. <laughs> Also loved. I think right, we have right. a new thing in common too. And uh, Chris, I don't know if you've seen the stories about this, but it looks like you're also in some heat when it comes to a stadium deal going on now too, right? Yeah. Yes. Good grief, man. What the hell? The so, Long Beach thing isn't the Long Beach thing isn't a thing anymore, right? No, no. So yeah, Anaheim and the city of Anaheim pushed a sale through to Artie Marino's ownership group. And it kind of happened real, like there was a lot of talk about like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's done. And everyone's like, what? So then there was a, there was a public group that was concerned about the number of affordable housing units that they're going to build with the plans. And so that stalled things. Then it went to the state and, the, uh, or maybe it went to the county and the county was like, no, it's fine. Everything's good. Well, now the FBI is investigating the Whoa. mayor of Anaheim for like sharing privileged information with the angels and also probably like withholding information from the courts and all this stuff. So Mm. now that's, now it's on hold again. So yeah, just all this stadium political nonsense. Of course, uh, you can always count on your conservative orange County friends to, uh, (laughs) for corruption, I guess. Well, Well, would it be in the same spot, same location? It would be the same location. Um, and then yeah, because they, they're they're building that up so much that area. I feel like that would just be a waste for all those businesses that are already just like m- just moved in there, like Golden yeah, Road would, and fucking um, Carl Strauss and like all these places that have made it like a, a destination before and after a game. Well, I guess totally, we gotta yeah. start calling them the Las Vegas Angels, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want you guys to know that on on our pod when we talked about the A's, I was like, hey. Let's be kind to the A's fans because if we were in this situation, we would hate it too. So like we we have to deal with a crappy ownership that wants that does everything they can to like try to make the team move. I mean, I was I was like, let's be kind to our our fellow A's fans out there. 
as as human beings, as people, let's be kind. But yeah, so eventually I saw the the final product, like the whole stadium is actually, I don't know if they would do a new one. I think it was like 30 years down the road for the full plan, but it was like next to where the current stadium is now, they would get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But before they knocked it down, they would build up that whole area with like apartments and businesses and stuff. So yeah, they want to keep it in that same location, just make make more use of the space that's out there um, and do some parking garages rather than the widespread parking that they have now. So yeah, yeah. It's a freaking stadium. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I actually taught, was talking to somebody yesterday over at curling shout out to uh SoCal curling curling. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he was talking about, cause he's from, it's my, actually my, my curling teammate. He's from uh, Pennsylvania. He's like, I actually enjoyed going to an angels game more than I did going to a Dodgers game. Hmm. And he's like, because like it was just, way easier to get in and out of which yes one thousand percent he's like yeah. it's, and it was kind of what we talked about when we went to that game last summer um with otani against montas and we we're just like honestly when it's like mellow you just you hang out you just drink and have a good time we're like this is what how you watch baseball so like yeah i, I kind of understand yeah. that part whereas dodger stadium just becomes is awesome, but like sometimes it gets too much of a party where it's not really many times where it's just mellow, where you can just chill. Right. right. Yeah. It's intense the whole time. Yeah. yeah. The Modelo is flowing. People are having a good time. Yeah. The $20 micheladas. So, that's right. So, that's right. so let me ask you this. I don't know. Like, do we want to wrap it up, Julio? Because I feel like this is a good last question if you want me to. I want to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready to wrap Hit this. But your good last question. So. So do you, so I'll ask you the question, then I want to bring up some evidence. So do you think that this is for real? Because I'm looking at your schedule and I'll be honest with you, it's not super impressive. So you start off the season against the Dodgers. It's a tough one. You went two out of three there, which is impressive. And then you lost um, three out of four to the Astros. Then you played the Marlins, not a good team. Played the Rangers, not a good team. Played the Astros again. Did a good series, two out of three there, and then you played the Orioles, not a good team. Guardians, not a good team. White Sox, good team. Um, and then it falls off again. Red Sox, Nationals, mm-hmm. A's. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, you know, it's there's some some good series wins, but like the only really impressive one you got on there is is really the Dodgers because we the Astros are not looking like the same Astros anymore. Those those Dodger games were were preseason. We play every year. We play at dodger stadium that we also oh. played in so, so houston was our first even less impressive <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and 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 the white Sox, i guess definitely the white Sox. white Sox were my world series al pick but um but yeah i mean like so so what what do you what do you think yeah is I think, it are, are is your record a product of your schedule or do you guys think you're for real i think you know this month will be a true test and i think into june i think we start getting into more tough teams like the yankees and those will be the prove it series that I'm. I'm really looking forward to those. And you got the, the Blue Jays the, coming up too. Blue Jays, yeah. And on the same token, I was looking at the Astros schedule, and they their toughest teams seem to kind of just be the Blue Jays as well um, yeah. in their series. And then they faced us, and you know they took a series and we took one. And so I, I it's weird. I think we're. I think that spring training, late spring training, and a late start to the season kind of threw off the whole dang schedule, but. Um, you know, as long as my biggest concern is beating teams in the West because the Angels have been terrible against AOS teams for the last few years. And as long as we can keep stacking up those wins, like 
like losing to the Rangers on Monday night, like that's a game you got to win. You can't lose mm-hmm. that. And yeah. and I know it was just again Syndergaard kind of crap in the bed, but I'm hopeful that they can take the next two games um, against the Rangers. And then you know we got Oakland again, and and those are games that they have to win. Like they have to beat those guys so that when they have those tough series against the Yanks and the Blue Jays, you can you can spare a loss or two. And those things. And we're always talking about on our on Lockdown Angels, like you gotta win the series. Like don't don't get down on one game. You gotta be series focused and series minded. And so if you can keep taking two out of three from people or three out of four, I think so far they've won eight eight of their eleven series so far. They they split the one with the White Sox and then I think they lost two, but it was one against the Astros and then one against the Orioles. Freaking Orioles pitching was phenomenal that weekend so there's there's some arms that we can all look at in the future but yeah i think this upcoming month will really prove um if the angels are are make or break and and again i think by mid-june we'll be able to look back and say all right like let's take them seriously let's see how they're doing so you're not worried about the mariners yeah mariners are interesting i i just i just feel like with trout being back on the team like he just owns the Mariners and we didn't have him last year against the, against the end. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, uh, I think they're coming back down to earth a little bit in terms of yeah, their, their pitching and their hitting. But still at the end, I mean, they would be the team in, in the West I'd be worried about. I wouldn't be worried about the Astros. I, I really yeah. think the Astros are just, they're on the downhill of their dynasty. If you want to call it that, but Mariners yeah. are only on the upswing and they're, they're pesky, man. They're, they always find a way their pitchers. We make them look like, Cy Young winners all the time like freaking Nolan Ryan's out there so <laughs> hopefully we don't do that again this season but yeah we j- actually just kind of had that same conversation my brother Mike said the same thing he was mostly worried about the Mariners as well so yeah we'll see what happens I'm, I'm looking forward to facing them I was I was excited about playing the A's it was like finally we get to play some AOS teams because all we've done is play the Rangers and the Astros so far so and then it fell on the the bachelor party weekend so that was fun <laughs> we got to watch the games together <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. have a great time. And the one game we didn't watch is the Brea walk-off one? because we're on the say, boat. You guys had a doubleheader. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you and I would just check my phone. I'm like, oh, he had a walk-off. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> the whole time you were texting, you were like, ah, dang it, now the Angels are up three. And then <laughs> you're like, oh, John, look at this walk-off. And so I'm like, oh, no. So, but I'd give I'd give Rysel Iglesias the ninth inning any day. That That's going to happen. Those, those blow-ups will happen. Exactly. Alrighty, John. Again, always a pleasure talking with you. Um, we'll see you yes. at the next bachelor party weekend. Uh, but before we let you go, go ahead and just you know the room is yours. Go ahead and plug what you want to plug. Yeah, uh, you can find us uh, locked on angels wherever you get your podcasts, and if you search us on YouTube, we have a channel going there, so uh, you can check us out there. And then of course at locked on angels is the Twitter handle. And then you can also get us on Instagram and Twitter at Super Halo Bros. We're keeping the, the Halo Bros brand alive while we're hosting Lockdown Angels. Yeah, so <laughs> we gave you guys a little bit of a shout out too because we talked about the A's and I asked you some questions, Julio. So I made sure to to share the podcast love with with Town Tailgate. Everything's <laughs> sad right now with Oakland. <laughs> yeah, need all the love you can get, right? Yeah, but yeah. Um, I love the the summary that. I think you told me once before where like locked on is like your sports center and super halo bros is kind of like your, uh, like what's the show that Sunday conversation, Sunday conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like with, that uh, with, with comparison. Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but I think the best way to describe this dynamic is how the turn tables. <laughs>
<laughs> I know. I know what it's like to be in your shoes. Yeah, yeah but you guys, you guys will be back by like 2024, 2025. It's it's not gonna. Take yeah, probably. Long. <laughs> probably. Just be patient. Tables will be turned again. <laughs> All right, John. Thanks for joining us again, buddy. See you on next one. Thanks, fellas. That was John Persh, ladies and gentlemen, the host of Locked On A's Angels. He lost like Jason Burke is the host of Locked On A's. Sorry, yeah, Locked On Angels. You. I know. I'm sorry, Jason. Um, that was great. Thanks for coming on, John. Uh, that was a fun conversation. We we were talking about it beforehand how we were gonna handle this, and we're like, let's not do talking points. Let's just kind of shoot the bull and let's let's see how it how it goes. And I think that was great. It really like got us inside the mind of an Angel fan during this run. Um, he has the same reservations that we do. It feels like, um, but more optimism. I mean, like like I said last week, I you know I I need to see them literally in a playoff game for me to finally like believe in it. And he's saying, you know, if they're in the hunt by June, then he's 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 on. You know, he's feeling good. But I think that's a pretty good measure. One thousand percent. Yeah. I th- I think mine is irrational, but just the history of that team wouldn't make me to believe anything else. You know. All right. So the upcoming schedule playing the Angels this weekend. Right now we're playing the Twins, by the way, um, which we talked about last series. Anyway, got the Angels this weekend uh, um, in Anaheim. Um, I will be out of town. I will not be going this game. Are you going on the series? I'm going to try to go. It's a tricky weekend. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I'm hoping that. So it's kind of sucks. This is the only weekend series that A's are playing in Anaheim for. And, you know, we've been living in Southern California for almost 10 years now. And there's always at least one or two. There's yeah, only like, a couple it's series. almost every series. series. Yeah. 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 How dare you, MLB, you monsters, take it away. What day are you going to try and go? Friday, Saturday, or the Sunday day game? Uh, Probably. It'll be, if I do go, it'll be Saturday. Sunday, I got curling, Saturday, jet mess. And then Friday, you how am I, am I really going to have a decent chance to make it to Angel Stadium as soon as like I'm done with work no. at 5? No. The, so. Here's the thing, though. Saturday's the Warrior game that night, too. No, Friday night. I, I just was... I, I double-checked earlier because I was, I was doing a potential oh. movie Friday. Well, there you go. Then, then you don't even you don't want to go. You don't want to sit in traffic for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's game. stupid. It's also Cowboy Night. <laughs> Nice. All right. Let's pick our player of the week. Player of the week is brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm agent of Walnut Creek. If you need home, auto, or life insurance, please reach out to Chris for a quote. Um, you can call him at 925-266-8997 or visit his website, agentchrismartinez.com. Tell him the town tale you guys sent you. Julio, who's your player of the week? Forgot to mention, they're playing Seattle in Seattle next week. Oh, shit. My bad. Whoop. It's all good. Not a lot of optimism to talk about this team, so I'm just going to take the kind of the fun one of the week. And that was Luis We Correa. are 500 in the last um, 10 games. Yeah, because we took four out of five from the Detroit time. Besides the point. Luis Brea yeah. is yeah. my player of the week. Ooh, good I, one. He hit his first home run. It was, his, it was a walk-off. Um Hearing Korak's call always just kind of brings a smile to your face whenever he gets that real energy. Kuiper really getting real deep in the throat for the... It's <laughs> deep! 
I can't even do a Kuiper impression when no, he just you gets real do it. Um, but he's really looked solid out there in the first week of uh, kind of being the bigs consistently. He went four for 12, like we mentioned, the walk-off home run. Uh, he's walked three times, which is awesome. He's only struck out twice, especially for a team that loves striking out. So I know we talked about him a little bit earlier ago, but I'm just excited that he's kind of looking like a more consistent player right now. So Luis Brea. Yeah, he's got, a high, he's got a high IQ in those at-bats, and that's what you need. You know, you don't need someone to hit 300. You just need someone who's going to use every bit of their of their AB, whether that be getting a, a pitcher deep into deep into his pitch count or and you know if that results into an out that's fine at least you you help the rest of the team by getting him deep in the count or getting walked getting hit whatever so that's good i like to see that comp it's it, it's the it's the mark canna model get everything out of every at bat which is perfect i'm not comparing mark canna but it's, it's the model all right my player of the week is tony kemp because he had the dopest catch i've ever seen and he continues to be a highlight reel every single fucking season he has these insane catches I uh, uh, tweeted at him, Julio, um, if he could dunk. Because remember we talked about that last episode? He didn't reply. Yes. So. It's okay. He's busy. He's still coming down from the air, some people have said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, TK just always professional, always just gets makes the coolest plays, the nicest dude. Absolutely love it. Our essential tools. Last week, Chris, you chose Adam Kalerik, who, not bad, he pitched 3.2 innings, one strikeout, and he hit uh, 245 ERA. It was a heavy wow. bullpen weekend, and the bullpen did pretty well, but the batting order didn't. That is right. And then for myself, I picked Ramon Laureano. <laughs> and uh, let's see, he hit 200, but he hit three doubles. Which is awesome. He stole two bases, got an RBI. You know, not by what nice. major league hitting standards are right now. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, Chris, who is your essential tool of the week? Did you for, you've for taken week? you've taken AJ Puck before, huh? I don't think I have. I think okay. it was my he I took him as my player of the week. Okay, so I'm gonna take AJ Puck because I think that he could steal the slate, the save job, this the closer job this week if he um, keeps up his hot streak. Um, a lot of uh, A's writers have been kind of like giving rumblings of this. It's like I, he's just been so dominant. I think it was Matt Kalahara tweeted a couple days ago. It was like, at what point does does um Katze completely pulled the trigger on him being a full-time reliever and giving him the closing job because he's just been that dominant. So I want to I want to see if that might play out this week. Um, even though Danny Jimenez has been great, there's no reason why to take it away from him. But um, yeah, yeah, and that's the hard part. It's just like yeah, Jimenez has been. It's not like it's Lou, yeah. and you're like, oh well, you obviously see the case for it. Um, but yeah, he's he's been he's really starting to live up to the hype. So love that yeah. choice. Uh, I'm actually gonna go the opposite end. We're both picking bullpen guys. Uh, and I said I just said his name. I'm gonna go Lutrevino. Um, <laughs> he's actually had a the last couple outings. He hasn't given up a run, which is nice. Um, but I I think this is we're starting to kind of see the the end of the life cycle in Oakland, for the lack of better words. 
Yeah. Whether it be if he can just continue to bring that ERA down and get somewhere great because I, I don't think there's really a legitimate role for this team, especially if Jimenez and if Puck are pitching the way they are. He's not going to, his role was the closer. I mean, he was a setup man, but it's like both those jobs might not be there for him anymore for much longer. So let's see what he got this week. I'm, I'm still going to root for him. Always be a fan, but we got to see. So Lou Trevino, you are my essential tailgate tool of the week. Is Danny Jimenez, I mean, his contract's really favorable. Is Danny Jimenez a, a trade deadline piece? I don't think so. Just because he's under it's contract like, till 2028, he's not arbitration eligible till 2025, so probably not. No, he's 28 though. I mean, Liam was already pretty up there when he started really being a consistent performer for the team. So like, they like their older guys coming in out of the out of the yeah. Pen. And having two studs in the bullpen is like a good problem to have, especially like with Puck. You know, f- his future could potentially be as a as a starter again so it's just like yeah i'm just curious i mean i had to look up his contract and it doesn't make as much sense knowing that he's not a free agent until 2028 and not even up for arbitration until 2025 but yeah just curious your thoughts yeah i think he'll still be around we'll see yeah and it, you never know you honestly just never know what this team what yeah. surprises they'll pull under you yeah all right julio that will do it for this week's town tailgate how do you feel about it? It's it's I'm just it's been rough. It's been a rough ride this last week. But it's been a good pod. That's that's right. Good pod, better friends. Mm-hmm. Better pizza. Right. <laughs> that, let's just end it right there. Uh last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Let's go to better friends, better pizza. But not Papa John's. Fuck that guy. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by... Once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.